This is Locked On Nuggets. You are Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I've been a professional writer for 15 years. <laughs> Welcome to Locked On Nuggets. Your daily Denver it was Nuggets good. Podcast. It was good, Matt. It was good. On network, your team every day. Thanks for joining us, making us part of your day. Appreciate you guys being with us. Joining us on all platforms, whether you're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube.com, you can join the show. Best way for you uh, to support the show, go to YouTube.com slash lock on nuggets, hit the like and subscribe button. Appreciate you guys being part of our community. Hope you're having a great start to your week. It's really great. Uh, for you, you to be here with us on a Sunday night for World's Finest, joining us on Monday morning. If you're listening to us, for you to show up and be an everydayer, it's important to show up. It's just that's step one is you just you got to show up. My name is Matt Moore. I'm a senior NBA writer for the Action Network, joined by Adam Mares, director of content for DNVR. On today's show, <laughs> it sucks that we didn't get to record this one sooner. You know, Matt, this is like I know it's better. It is and actually you're right about that. It is better. I'm glad that I got to like sort of emotionally remove myself from whatever all that was and have this yeah. show today. So it is better, but it is fun kind of reacting immediately to it. Uh so yeah, your show on your I thought yeah, you guys had some great points. I loved uh what Brendan had to say. I thought your points were on the show and the MVR show after the game were really great too. You're you're the um, only one. We'll talk about the 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 story. Uh, we'll also get into like the letdown effect and um, we'll talk about the realities of that situation and, and what makes it frustrating. Uh, final side, we're talking about Peyton Watson and how I'm like, like, I, I, this is probably like an apex point currently for how high I am, I am on Peyton Watson, not only from a highest of the season, but also I think his ceiling for this season is noticeably higher than I previously thought. And I'll talk about why and get Adam's thoughts on it as well. Sorry about this. Let's get into uh, it. Let's get into it. Come on. The reason okay. that it's good that I didn't talk is because, look, I'm not a Nuggets fan. I say it all the time. I get paid. And I tell my wife this. Who my wife is a is a true blue Nuggets fan now. Uh, and I tell her I was like, look, we get paid regardless of who wins or loses. That's the way this works. And I take pride in like an ability to separate myself and and try and have an appearance of it. So this is not coming from a Nuggets perspective. I was. So so mad when that tweet came through. I was mad too. Because, and the thing that there's a lot of people I'm mad for, okay? Um, I'm mad for all of the fans that shelled out higher ticket prices. People flew in for the game. Some of them, Philly fans, flew in for that game and got basically made fun of, you idiots, ha, by the decision. I'm mad at throwing the 76ers training staff under the bus when that is not how this works. I know. If man. you have a spare, fine. Don't be throwing those training staff under the bus for doing their jobs. I was mad for the Nuggets fans who don't get to see and be play and get to see that matchup. I was mad for everyone else that's invested in the league. This is the kind of stuff that hurts the media deal because ESPN's like, we sent all this talent out there. All of this. Uh, Look, I was a little mad for myself. I could have made chili. I could have, like, in a very, I could have been at a barbecue, Will Smith and Independence Day kind of way. I could have just not done this. <laughs> yeah. I was mad for the Nuggets players who had to deal with an entirely different set of circumstances right, and let down right. effect. 
I was mad for the the Sixers players who that they were shorthanded and needed their guy to play. But more than anything, Adam, I was pissed off because the NBA regular season may not be the highest level of competition, but you should have enough respect for the game to want to compete. Yeah. I am not denying that he has knee issues that continuously be an issue for him. I'm not. I'm not denying that he got the he got he banged knees with Miles Turner. I want to validate these things. I know that like I I know how you feel about him. I want to validate him because I'm not ignorant to the idea. When Philly fans go, he's hurt. I know. I I get it. I I understand. And I get the idea that Kyle Newbeck spouted on PHLY about well they're just gonna blame him in the for not doing it in the playoffs anyway. I want you to have some level of pride and respect for the game, the opponent, the league, the fans. I want some level of respect for all of it, and none of it was showed on Saturday with how it went down. Put him on the injury report. Tell him that – say he's going to miss. I mean, that's a month in advance. Hey, Joel doesn't play an altitude. He doesn't do it. Not going to do it. I would have more respect for that than the nonsense he pulled on Saturday. I guess I am still a little mad. <laughs> I think you worked yourself up in the course of that. Uh, first of all, got to shout out to my guy, Kyle Newbeck. I didn't watch his show. I'm sure they had you a different should. I'm sure they did. I'm not going to watch it. But here's what I will say, because I always say that this show is different from DNVR in so many ways. And one of them is we do DNVR immediately after it. And my immediate emotional response to the entirety of that game, including how the Nuggets played, but obviously primarily about the circumstances of the game with Embiid sitting out at the last minute, as well as Tobias Harris and, and Maxi not playing, which were at least on the injury report. My, I was just mad because as I've brought up many times, I love basketball. I love the NBA. And I hate the way that the people in charge of taking care of that product, how they handle it. And I just thought that was the worst exhibit of what bothers me about the NBA that we have seen so far. So I was more mad about all of that and very emotional, I would say, in the postgame. But one thing, reason I didn't go as in on Embiid on that show as I am going to go right now is because I honestly, genuinely thought there was nothing ambiguous about what happened. And I was surprised. I was shocked to find out that there were people that saw some ambiguity in what happened. Matt, Ramona Shelburne tweeted out. Ramona Shelburne is a big news breaker in the NBA, big reporter. Joel Embiid is not on the injury report. If you saw that and were like, oopsie, we made a mistake. First of all, you wouldn't oopsie this. Everybody, it was rivalry week. This was a game people have been talking about for forever. You wouldn't oopsie. We forgot. Oh, that's right. The big fellow. We forgot to put him on their injury report. There was, there was that going on. You wouldn't do that. And then two, if you saw Ramona tweeted out, you then you go through where all of these different things, you would prepare people for the fact that, hey, maybe our guys are not going to play. So that was a sold out game with a very expensive ticket price with all kinds of fans there. And it was a marquee game on ABC, on ABC, not ESPN, not TNT. This was on network television to, to be a game. And for that, to pull that move at the last second, and by the way, everybody there was reporting on, not just Nuggets reporters, everybody was reporting on, wow, Embiid sure seems disinterested in this warmup, and boy, does he sure look tired. Hands on knees throughout the whole workout. To go through this whole charade, and by the way, all year, people have been telling me, Adam, you're being such a, oh, so unfair to Joel Embiid, talking about the fact that nine of the 11 games he's missed have come on the road, that throughout his career, historically, most of the games he, he misses are on the road. 
all those different things. I thought that this was the end of it all. And then to see people actually pretend that this was something that it wasn't, that it was like, oh no, he went through warmups, he went through all that. And then five minutes before tip off, an injury popped up. Get out of here. I just thought that it was assumed that everybody saw what I saw in this whole thing. And I'm going to say, that was the last time I will ever be fooled by it because I legitimately thought this was the time we were going to get the game. And it went down in a way that I think is you have to lie to yourself to think it was anything other than what it was. When Nikola Jokic has had no-shows, he doesn't have them anymore. When he's no-showed, we've lit him up. We've lit him up. Because, like, that's part of your job as, as media is to hold him accountable. And this is what makes me the most pissed off. If he wants, like, I'm not going to hold Taj Gibson to these kind of standards. I'm not going to hold Paul Reed, who was fantastic in that game, to these kind of standards. Joel Embiid is talked about as the best, the best player in the league without a conference finals appearance. The best. In but the regular league. season, what he's done is impressive. But it's like you have to put this in there that there is something about here. Here's the problem with for with me, Matt. Everybody wants to have their cake and eat it too. And there's this idea of like, you know, the rings culture. I do think it's gone too far where we disregard everything else, but there's something else to the regular season is so irrelevant because the players treat it as it being irrelevant. And this was a game that the NBA needed to sell itself to its fan base. And the entire city of Denver showed up to watch this game. And for the fourth consecutive time and seventh time in nine years, he ducked out of it. And to me, I just look at it and I go, it's shameful. It's a league wide problem, but Embiid now to me doing this on this stage, I feel like it tells me something about him not playing in that game and handling it the way that he and the team handled it. Yes. For me, this is all about how they handled it. Like I said on the show, I was like, look, he banged he banged knees, might have swelling, might be a thing. It's the rope a dope, and it's the fa- it's the coming out and doing the and like laugh like he laughed it. He laughed it. And like let's be clear at this. He didn't laugh at Nuggets fans. He laughed at everyone. He laughed at the league. He laughed at Adam Silver. He laughed at the rules put in place. He laughed at the national TV audience. He laughed at the announcers in place. He laughed at the game of basketball. That's what he did. And that's fine. Everyone thinks it's funny. So, ha, ha, ha. I just think it's important that if we're going to be, if we're going to have the have him as one of the best players in the league, the face of the league, the reigning MVP, there should be a level of accountability when things are this transparent. Yeah, 100%. Bummer. And by the way, my stance always comes from, I'm a basketball populist. I like care about the fan. My almost all of my stances with regards to these things come from the point of view of the fan. That was four hundred dollars tickets in the upper levels for this game. Four hundred dollars. The NBA put it on ABC. It just bothers me so much because I feel like players spit in the eye of fans so much, but yet they want the accolades. They want yes. to talk about how great they are and oh my god, yes. seventy points and all this. And I sit here and I go. You owe it to the fans. Does the regular season actually mean anything? I hate that we are as aware as we are of how little the regular season actually means. Yes. And so are we going to say 70 points mean something in this meaningless regular season, but showing up and playing against a game? Go out there. First of all, Embiid always kicks Yoke's ass. Like the last yeah. two times he's gone out there and killed him. Show they up and won. play the game. I honestly, and by the way, just for the record, because I believe that Embiid is not scared of Jokic, but I do think he is scared of altitude. I do think there is something too, and I've seen people speculate maybe he has hidden illness or hidden 
you know, issue here or there. And I look at it and I go, you can come out and say something if you want to come out and say something. I don't think it's it. I just think there is a fear of being vulnerable of, hey, I like when I score 70 against the Detroit Pistons or, you know, the San Antonio Spurs. I love when I do. It makes me feel like I'm invincible. Most dominant player. That's dominant is always the word. He's so dominant. But if does that mean you're afraid to play unless you are dominant? Yeah. Just merely go out and put up a hard fought 30 point game. You can do it. I have faith. He would have done it. So I just, to me, that's the thing about it is I'm just so sick because I feel like it is spitting in the face of fans. And it's been this story for me. This year has been all about that for the NBA. And this one to me was the most egregious. He's dominant when conditions are advantageous, which is why he has not played in Boston. He did not play in Minnesota. He did not play in Denver. He has not played in Miami. Oh. Up next, we'll talk about the actual game, uh, the letdown effect, how that works with NBA players. Uh, and we'll talk about some of the struggles that the Nuggets continue to have defensively. We'll talk about that up next on Locked on Nuggets. So about eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and leave it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with the eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home that win keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply ebay guaranteed fit only available to u.s customers we're also brought to you today by fanduel sportsbook happy super bowl to all who celebrate from fanduel america's number one sportsbook congrats man if you're like me Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. FanDuel has so many ways to end the season with a W or two or three. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, I don't know who's playing in it, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. Uh, fun one. How about uh, both teams have a tie at halftime? which is like 17 to one. There's a fun one for you. That's new that's, customers that's, join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets. If your first bet of $5 or more wins, just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up and bet on the Super Bowl, where uh, arguably the best quarterback in the league is somehow a dog for the third straight game. In is the that true? Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official <laughs> sportsbook partner of the nfl we'll be right back on locked on nuggets the show has been an emotional roller coaster so far and i'm i'm up and i'm down and i'm up and i'm down hey, welcome back to locked on nuggets thanks for joining us and being with us here either way look at me i'm locked in with these transitions You're locked in with the transition this time. dude it's kind of hard there's like different folders you have to open it's actually we need to make this easier on us uh all right, so the game was played, and predictably, yeah. <laughs> the Nuggets get a win. It's frustrating. Uh, you were super frustrated after that game. Uh, the DMVR folks were with, with kind of the Nuggets' performance. But look, I just, for me, it's like, you know, you do this. Like, you, because, you know, watching the league, you see this every single night. 
a good example of it. The Oklahoma City Thunder lost the Detroit Pistons on Sunday. Nobody noticed it because they they. I know the this was such a good weekend for get for blowout losses or for losing uh, to teams you shouldn't. Yeah, no one's gonna no one's gonna notice it. No 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 commentary. I, I, what was somebody? Oh, yeah, somebody said something about like Sports Center on Monday is gonna lead with this Embiid story, and I was like, "Are you kidding me? You got the conference championships in the NFL. This story, this story won't make it till block three. Um. So Might yeah, so the, the Thunder lose the Pistons today. They play the Wolves tomorrow, so like they were looking ahead yeah. and got caught. Uh, Malone like talked a little bit more about after the game about and. Look, coaches are always going to complain about anything that's disadvantageous to them. And people are going to be like, he's whining. Okay, you're not wrong that he's whining, but he's whining because he fights for every single ounce of av- av- advantage that he can get. You know, like, you know, whether it's um, something like this about that, or like players will fight for the right to never play anybody tough on the road. And so Malone talked about how, like they found out five minutes before, like two minutes before tip, he goes over and is telling Aaron Gordon, like, hey, no letdowns, no letdowns. And Aaron's like, what are you talking about? He's like, and beads out. And Aaron's like, what? Like they had no idea. They had no idea. And I talked to, to Malone about this a, a long time ago, about that, that letdown that goes. There's two things that happen concurrently in these games that I think that people miss. It's not just the letdown. It's actually three things. It's There's the letdown. The other team gets up because it's like, Totally shorthanded back against the wall chance to shine, you know, like this is my chance. Yeah. The eight. And I had an agent tell me like, Oh yeah, no. If the guy ahead of my guy is out, I'm on the phone with him being like, you need to play great. Like step it up. I need you to give whatever you can. This is going to be, we're going to get a lot of film on you that we can use in free agency. This matters. Um, And then on top of it, you you've spent a day game prepping for one style. You've spent a day game prepping around heavy pick and roll action with Joel Embiid popping to the free throw line. And now it's entirely different. Right. So you have like, you're not playing as hard. You're discombobulated and the other team's up a level. And so I didn't really care how this game went. It would have been a nasty, ugly loss because you should win the game anyway, but it also wouldn't have surprised me if they'd lost the game. I don't like, this isn't one where I'm like, so actually I give them a lot of credit for getting the win. I'm just like, no, you did the thing you should. It's fine. But it messed with absolutely everything. And Paul Reed decided to absolutely hit every jumper that he took, which good on him. Yeah. Um, you're right. I mean, look, this is my like emotionally removed takeaway as it is true. There's always the letdown game whenever something like that happens. That's why Michael Malone, when he was right during before the anthem goes up to every player, he's like, don't let down. And he's like pleading with them. Don't let don't have a letdown because he knew everybody was going to have a letdown. And that's what it was. And here's what frustrated me, Matt, and why I think in hindsight, it was probably unfair of my some of my criticisms on Jokic and the Nuggets in general. The game still meant a lot to me. It still meant a lot to diehard Nuggets. Most of the people watching now, it meant a lot. Once Embiid and Maxi and everybody else was out, it no longer meant anything to these guys. And that's the thing is I always hate when there's a disconnect between players and fans. Now, we all understand there is never going to be perfect harmony there. Like, they're, you know, their their interests are different. They're all those different things. But that was one where you're like, yeah, but Pat Bev still said that thing. And, you know, and be, you know, you still have this thing. Like, don't, don't humiliate. It's on ABC. Don't humiliate yourself. And for most of the game, you're worried about the Nuggets because they just seem so wholly uninterested in handling their business in this game. So it's frustrating. But to your point, at the end of the day, 
you have no game plan. You're playing against guys that are hyper motivated, and it's hard to really get up for a game like this. And in the end, the Nuggets did just enough to win an ugly and wholly unsatisfying game, but they won it. Uh, I was glad he stuck with MPJ at the end. Um, I thought that that Mike wanted to win that game. He was he got in his head, I think, a little bit where he passed yeah. up that three to the corner uh, for CB. Uh, I was yeah. glad they stuck. He's, I was glad they stuck with with Porter on that one. Um, yeah. I don't. What did you see from Jamal in the second half, where he only scores three? That's like a game thing. I want to know. Um, I don't even know if I have a game note for you to be honest about it. I would have to go back and rewatch this game. Something I did not. I went with my. You don't want to wash our hands of this game so bad. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, like, really, what are you looking into on, on a game like this? How much can you really discern from it? And then on top of that, you know, last week was an extremely busy week in, in so many ways. So it was kind of nice for me to spend a day with my family today. Yeah. <laughs> so I did not go back and rewatch it. Um, so I don't I really couldn't tell you what it was. Other, The only thing I'll tell you is that I do continuously notice. And while I was watching the game, thought Murray just seems a little gay. He came out so hot, so intense, so up for it. Like he did bring good energy to the game. And then I thought he ran out of that good energy. So that that's always my concern with him. Pat Bev had 11 assists and scored uh, 17 points on six of 12 shooting. And yet was a minus 14, which is the worst in the, the game. So that was right. like an interesting thing. Um, I thought like Jamal proved his point in that first half. And then they were like, all right, we got to do other things. They were on their heels for most of this game. That was kind of one of the other things I thought was impressive. Like you, you kind of mentioned this on the, on the DMVR show too, that the Sixers team is so good. And it's not that like, like they're good. It's not Joel. No, like Joel's dominant too. Like Joel scored 70 tonight. Like he scores 30 in, in three quarters, but they are so good around him and that they're able to win the non Joel minutes too. Right. And you see kind of why with this game, right. with how they play and how intense they are and the physicality that they brought. Now, some of this is like Furka and Korkmaz going crazy there. That for, three he hit was crazy, man. That was a that, tough that three. three. He hit was nuts. Daniel house gave them a lot of really good minutes. Like they got quality contribution. KJ Martin showed up. Um, they had a, a bunch of really good spots here, but, um, yeah. So like, that's kind of like your recap of this game is like, Hey, the Sixers are pretty good. The Nuggets, uh, did not play great in this one, but they won because the game was a, a fraud joke. So that's, that'll do it. Yeah. Uh, on the I'm other side though, the review, about, though, I'm, yeah. you know what? I'm, I'm excited for the real MVP matchup on Monday, man. That, that, that'll be a good one. Uh, we'll talk about that up next as well as I want to talk about Peyton Watson and why I'm so much higher on what he can accomplish this season even with the nuggets talk about that next on locked on nuggets this episode of locked on nuggets is brought to you by quiz three eyes today we're going to have some fun and we're going to test your nuggets knowledge adam please tell me which player holds the record for most points scored in a single game well for the nuggets for the nuggets david thompson Ding, 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 ding. You In the last game there. of the season. Really? Yeah. You didn't know this story? No, I didn't. Him and, him and George Gervin on the last day were neck and neck for the scoring title. And on the last game, David Thompson went for 73 in a loss. But I think George Gervin went for like 60 or something like that. So they both put up on the last day these insane totals and, and Iceman won it. That's awesome. Uh, you can find more questions like this with 
on Quiz. Quiz with three eyes is the next generation trivia experience. It's also the world's first platform where you can earn money playing knowledge games. And for Locked On Nuggets fans, they've created an NBA quiz game where you can test your knowledge and win real cash. Play with friends or other fans and let your knowledge shine all the way to the bank. You can play without downloading anything. Just go to app.quiz, three eyes.com and start playing today. NBA quiz is the ultimate knowledge challenge for fans that live and breathe basketball. I love quiz games. I'm definitely going to be playing uh, this game. I'm going to download this app and play it with my son whenever we're out hanging out or waiting on, on something uh, out. I'm going to be playing this game with my kiddo. I love playing quiz games, uh, trivia games with the boyo. Go to app.quiz, Q-U-I-I-I-I-Z.com to test your knowledge and win cash today. That's quiz with three eyes, just like a three-pointer. Play now, showcase your skills, and take home cash prizes. App.quiz.com, where fans become champions. We'll be right back on Locked on Nuggets. Back here on Locked on Nuggets. Thanks for joining us and making this part of your day. Let's talk about Peyton Watson real quick. So, uh, Payton was a minus six the other night. Didn't hit multiple threes. Ding, ding, ding. Um, but there was a sequence that I really thought mattered. There was two sequences, actually. Uh, the They were making a push. They were holding on to the league. Joker hadn't gotten back on the floor yet. Peyton comes in, swoops in, big rebound, like hyper-athletic, jumps out the gym, grabs the board, and he slows it down. Like, he's going to bring it up. He slows it down to make sure everybody's set, which is what they needed. They needed to stop running kind of helter-skelter and calm it down. But then once he crosses half court, he pushes immediately, bursts, and the defense is like, whoa, trying to deal with that. And then he kicks it hard, and they generate a three-pointer out of it. It was a small moment where I was like, oh, like that's something that I hadn't seen with Peyton is a level of ball control and setting the offense and leveraging the team in that way. The pull-up jumper that he hit, those are really important shots. And so I asked him kind of after the game about what he's seen from Peyton in terms of raising – his ability to impact the game on both ends and about moving beyond the role that maybe he had been envisioned in. And Malone said like, that's really important. He's like, you want to take guys, you want to put them in these specific roles, but you've got to let it, the the thing that will make them different and have real impacts on their team is if they can grow beyond that. And we want to make sure that we're giving him opportunities to do that yeah. because he's got that capacity. He's like, I think he can be an impact player for us on both ends. Yeah. And I really do kind of see that where it's one thing to have the, the, you know, P SWAT stuff, but he is adding a little bit more to his game. And if he is able to function as he doesn't have to be like a ball dominant superstar, if he can function as no, there's a couple of possessions where P can create off the dribble, um, pull up jumpers, uh, uh, point of attack, penetrate the defense, kick out creation. Malone cited his assists in this game. If he can bring that to the table, that's going to make that second unit more complete. It's going to make that second unit more multifaceted. It's going to put more pressure and make it harder to defend. And it's going to help Watson as well, because I I am at the point where I'm just like, you know what? Maybe this kid really does have like the potential to grow into being a, one of those type of guys, a guy that that is great on both ends of the floor and does a lot of stuff versus being a pure role player. That's kind of how I feel about him, and I feel pretty strongly about it. I think the question for him, you know, there's a lot of questions ahead just about, like, role and minutes. Like, he needs minutes. But to me, I look at him and I go, his defense to me is a lock. He's a great defender, as long as he wants to be. I mean, guys lose focus. They lose motivation. But as long as he plays the way he plays now in terms of intensity and focus, he's going to be an elite defensive player. But offensively, I'm with you. He has good body control. 
his shot isn't terrible. Like some of the shots that he hits, the pull-ups and this or that, it's a lot about confidence and opportunity and, you know, really getting in the lab and putting the work in. But he has body control. He has some passing chops and playmaking chops. And I just see an offensive player in him. I don't see a superstar. I know Calvin Booth has talked about seeing like a superstar level offensive player. I don't quite see that. I think it would pop a little bit more, quite frankly. But I do see a really good offensive player. Not like, a, oh, he can do two things on offense and you rely on him to do that. No, I could see a guy that can read the court and drive and pass and make enough shots. And every now and then you can give him the ball and ice it, like whatever. So I see a really solid offensive player and he's getting more confident. And the number that sticks out to me is the usage. His usage has gone up from 12.8 in November, 16.3 in December to 20.4 in January. So he is growing more confident, and it seems that Mike Malone might be slowly but surely allowing him to be a little bit more, to expand his game a little bit more. I think it's interesting that Watson has made, like Justin Holiday was kind of brought on as like an insurance policy, and Watson has made it to where like, no, like you don't. You don't need the insurance policy. Um, the other thing I think I would mention is, you know, you kind of mentioned, like, we talked about the star potential. It's really funny where you get drafted. Yeah. If Peyton Watson became Andrew Wiggins, that's a huge win. Right, right. Like, Wiggins has a lot of nights where he scores 22 to 25 points. You know, great defender, right. can shoot from the outside, hyper-athletic. But, like, Wiggins, because he was drafted number one, like, it's disappointing that he's only this guy. Versus, like, if Watson became that very player, it would be a huge win. Um, let's have Bucks tomorrow. So, Giannis is on the injury report. Uh, Harrison first reported as questionable. He's probable for tomorrow with, with illness. I think he'll play. Like, I, I am getting to the point where I'm wondering if all of this is hijinks. The Nuggets listing everyone questionable in the game before the day, the game versus Philly, and then playing everyone. Embiid's nonsense here is like part of this with Giannis being like, like not beating i it's just kind of funny to me the way this worked out it's probably just he's sick um a lot of guys are sick right now um i think he's gonna play i love the nuggets in this matchup though i continue to think especially this is doc rivers first game their defense will be better now that doc rivers will simplify it but i don't expect it to snap back like that and i do think that the nuggets have enough familiarity with dame and they match up well enough with the 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 bucks um supporting cast uh, I like this matchup a lot for them, but it should be a lot of fun. I think it'll be an interesting one. They kind of, this is a good game where Peyton, another one where Peyton's needed. And this is my take about Peyton is I actually think the Nuggets need him as he's one of the six most important players for their playoff rotation. I think he's going to play a ton of minutes. And I think he fills a role that is more important even than Reggie Jackson's come in the playoff, which is just, you need bodies. And there might even be a scenario, Matt, like right now, KCP is the best defender for a very specific type, and Aaron Gordon's the best defender for a very specific type. Peyton Watson might actually be the best defender for a specific type as well, a, a different type, and maybe with a little overlap to where it's like, okay, you also give AG a spell, you also give KCP a spell on their matchups. So to me, he's extremely important, and there's opportunity tomorrow with a Middleton, you know, maybe even with the Dame, you know, may, and just to make plays and, and to be an impact player. So I'm excited to see him and I'm with you. This would be a good matchup too. the Nuggets. The Nuggets need a measuring stick game. I don't like the way they played in that next game at all. And I didn't like the way they played in this one. Um, so maybe you can excuse both of those end of a road trip, you know, the letdown effect. But I would love to see them look like what we hope they look like against good teams on Monday night. Yeah, it'd be good for them to get up for one, uh, especially because the Bucks are going to score at a very high level. Uh, as much as I think that the defense has been vulnerable, 
their offense is phenomenal. And I don't think Doc's going to mess with it much. So um, they had, they, they have shooters, they have link. They have obviously have Giannis who's still playing at an MVP level. Um, it's like, they're, they're still a great team. And so hopefully he plays and both teams are able to get up for this. And it could be like a really great offensive showcase. And then that might come down to can Denver get stops, especially in the fourth quarter and clutch time. That would be another reason this game is going to be weird, Matt. It's Doc Rivers' first game. Mm -hmm. So you like, this is another one where it's, you make a whole game plan, but a new coach comes in is probably going to emphasize different things might even rotate the team differently. So I think it's another game where it's going to be hard to prepare for, for for what the Bucks do because they're going to do some different things than what they've ever done before. Uh, before and they'll have probably an emotional hype just having, you know, like, oh, we got a new coach. Let's all get excited. It's not Adrian Griffin. Woohoo. <laughs> um, before we get out of here, this is brought up in um, pregame, but in the media room, and I want to get your thoughts on it. Is it worth considering playing Justin Holiday over Christian Brown for a short stretch? Yeah, I don't know if I would do it at home. What I would say, and I don't think I would do it as the default setting, really at any point, because I think I would let Christian know, listen, you're our guy. But I would probably give him the second half treatment. I, w- I would probably give it the, like, Christian, you're not, it's not your night, you're not playing very well or whatever. Because here's my thing. You know what Christian needs more than anything, in my opinion? To up what? his intensity. Because hmm. I think that, and this is the fear with Peyton, he's playing so hard. And I think because he knows he needs to. And so when we talk about expanding your offense, you worry that that lowers your defensive intensity. And I think with Christian, last year was the defensive intensity year. Like, hey, whatever you want me to do, I'm going to do it. I'm going to hustle this. And this year almost feels like the I'm beyond that now. And it's like, no, man, on this team and actually in this league, you are going to be a dog or you're probably or you need to really grow as a player fast. Because if you're banking on the skill level to keep you in the NBA for a 10-year career, maybe, maybe not. Bet on yourself, but at your own peril. But if you are betting on your ability to outwork everybody the way that you won national championships and played last year as a rookie in the finals, you'll be in the NBA for 10 years and then some, assuming that you can add those other skill parts. It gives you that, that floor. So to me, I don't mind the Justin Holiday move just because I think you send a message of, I don't care what you do, just go out there and make an impact. Light of fire. I like it. All right. This guy do over Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate you guys being with us. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Swipe it. We'll get you recapped on the Bucks game. Adam and I'll be back on World's Finest on Wednesday. Nuggets are actually going to be home here uh, for a couple games coming up over the weekend. Versus I'll be Portland. at the game tomorrow. Um, you're going to be at the game tomorrow. Woohoo! Uh, so we'll have you covered on all that. Uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter at Locked On Nuggets. Follow Adam, Swipe a, me and all sorts of stuff. Have yourselves a great day. Uh, If you're a Sixers fan, catching the show to clip uh, things out of context. Thanks for joining. And we'll see you guys again next time on Locked On Nuggets.